Finn, hi, how you doing? Hey. I'm doing okay. I'm do, doing as well as can be expected. What, what could be expected? Uh, sort of like middling, I think, is what could be expected. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mine, welcome. Yes. Yeah, you're on my podcast. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's called Shite and Sound. Um, because my name is Yutha Shite, and you are. Well, I'm 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 Finn Sound Nicholas. And yeah, and every week, um, I bring in a different person whose nickname <laughs> is Sound. Um, this is the first episode, and, and I solve crimes with them. It's it's a crime cast. Uh, a true crime, so real, so true that it's literally like. We are actually the people investigating these crimes, talking to the public, yeah. uh, um, just sharing our thought processes. Well, we're, we're, we're profiting off real tragedies. Yeah, I mean, it is it is hard. Maybe feeding a, a culture of fear, do, doing all sorts of good stuff. I mean, we do live, like, when you consider that the roots of almost all culture come in response to war, most cultural shifts... I think it is hard to find a point that is not, you know, directly profiting off war. Sure. Got you there, didn't I? Maybe. No, I did. I got you. Your face. And this week, we've got a pretty big crime to investigate. As you'll see here, we're in a room. The door is locked. And on the ground, what do you see? Uh... I see a dead body. Uh, yeah. Uh, do you notice anything suspicious about it? It has. Uh, uh, it seems to have some words uh, carved into its chest. Yeah, and you'll notice it says, I, Yutha Shite, committed this crime. And then... Uh, what, an, what an ambiguous clue. <laughs> yeah, I... And underneath it's signed. And you'll notice that next to the body, there, there's already a confirmation from a handwriting analyst that it is... Yutha Shite's handwriting. And now oh, I, wow. want, I want you to what, think. What a bizarre coincidence. Yeah. It, it seems like someone's trying to frame you for this. Yes. That is, you're right. I was hoping we, we could just elide. I don't think I'm involved at all. And I know what you're thinking. Why am I caked in blood? Why am I well, holding yes. this knife? And it well, I, I I thought it was just I thought it was because you you just come from Tuki Bukiing some some buffalo. No, I just I uh, it was it was my daughter's birthday party, and I'd cooked a red velvet cake, but oh, uh, accidentally, of course, I um had not cooked it, and so this is all just a red velvet batter. Uh, well, that explains it. Yeah, do you, do you want do you want to have a taste? It might it might taste like blood. But that's because my my daughter's going through a phase of saying she's a vampire, so I made it blood flavored and blood textured, which wouldn't really matter because it would. Okay, so Finn, let's look for some other clues around. Who? Why would someone look to to frame me? Is it is it possibly the 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 relatives of one of my other victims want revenge? <laughs> Wait, wait, what was that last bit? I said, is it because one of the relatives of one of my other um, stickdoms, oh, which well, is what's... people I've drawn as, as stick figures, I'm I'm like a caricaturist. You're, okay, and and, and, pe- the... and, and people are mad because your caricatures are so are so devastatingly honest. Yeah, yeah, I, I really stick it to to them. That that's the uh. and, and I there was. The this 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 dead person looks familiar to me because they, um, uh, they came with their partner 
and, and down to the to the seafront by the fair uh, and, and said, oh, can we have a, a, a stick portrait done of us? And I was like, oh, yeah. And I did a very unflattering one. And they just started yelling at me like, this is really bad. We're, we're hurting your feelings and emasculating you. And there's nothing we can do to stop you. You're, you're bad, Yutha. You're, you're not a man anymore. And there's no way. You have no power in this situation. You have no control. Um, and and I, I think that then one they one killed the other to to frame me what a sad story yeah i think uh, it's upsetting to me uh, as the person who just was not i'm just a bystander Mm. here and you're you're just an innocent stick figure caricaturist (laughs) yeah who and look there's i know but like if hypothetically if someone had said those things to you, it'd be, dear, dear the McElroys, <laughs> recently I was enraged by a proprietor of my stick figure stand, and, and I may or may not have ooh, gutted him up to just to feel a bit alive again and seeing the light fall from their eyes like, like twinkling stars receding into the velvet dark of unknowable night that that surrounds us and, and um i think the cops are closing in am i good this seems like a very comprehensive frame job do you yeah. have an alibi maybe yes yes um i was in one i was i was also in the um i was in one of those isolation tanks um and it was at, it was on the moon, so no one could oh. could see me. Okay. But I, I was okay. just getting real relaxed and thinking about, you know, the normal things people think about: knives going into flesh, yeah, yeah. being a man again, uh, skateboarding. So you, you you were you were you were in an isolation tank on the moon. Okay, yeah, uh, that, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's, I mean, that's a good alibi. You 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 couldn't have come. You couldn't have come to Earth and killed this person and gone back. No, no. So that seems it, that seems pretty airtight. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, like the tank was. Yeah, yeah. just. Uh, just one more thing. <laughs> yes. You did it, didn't you? Oh, Finn. You know I can't say no to a face like that. Look, come, look. If I tell you, you have to promise to tell no one else. Okay. Okay. It's actually a pretty funny story. See, I did. But like I did kill them, mm. but in like a ironic way. I was, right, was doing like, it because it would be so it, obvious. It was, it was like a meta commentary on, yeah, on yeah, murder. Yeah, 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 it was. Yeah. A, it was a Borat impression, right? Murder. Right. And yeah. so actually, I think it was uh, brave and cool of me. Tell it to the jury, fucko! Bang, bang, bang! <laughs> oh God, your bullets—they've <laughs> punctured my lungs and they're filling up. Oh, Finn, hold me as I die. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, your arms. So warm, but so bony. Like rewarmed cheese. Do you find a lot of bones in your cheese? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. It's not good if there's not a bone in it, right? That's what... We're talking about dick cheese, right? (laughs) 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 No, Finn, Finn, Finn. 
in this in these last moments of my life, I suspect that as my lungs fill with blood that I've got maybe four hours and twenty five minutes of life left. So I was wondering, as much as you've justifiably killed me, would you be interested in watching Sherlock Junior, the nineteen twenty four Buster Keaton film, and then Holmes and Watson, the nineteen no, the twenty eighteen Eaton Cohen film and then recording a podcast on whether they are shy or sound with me. <sighs> okay. If it's your dying wish. And it's your dying wish too, Bing Bang! Oh, oh, oh. Show you in exactly the same place now. <laughs> we're we're doomed together. And like I'm sorry, I do I have to tell you that it just it I know I shouldn't have shot you, but I again that was Ironic. I was doing that in quotes. No, no, of so course. we no, we're cool. We we're cool. cool. We cool. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's let's watch these films. Okay. And go. Hello and welcome to Shite and Sound, the podcast where two comedians watch one of the masterpieces of world cinema and then follow it up with a critically reviled film that is similar in some way. Maybe they share themes, plot, actors or director. We want to see if counterpointing these two films can bring out some new information or insights. On this episode, we watch number 59 on the sight and sound list, Sherlock Jr., Buster Keaton's silent comedy masterpiece that broke both the form and his neck. Our second film this week is Holmes and Watson, a film that brings together Britain and America's greatest dramatic and comedic talents from four separate decades and then gives them nothing comedic or dramatic to do. Are you not worried you're being a little unfair on um, Holmes and Watson there? Because no. I think it is pretty, I think it's unfair to bring up that people involved in it have been involved in good things. Like, it, you wouldn't want, like, when you're assessing a crime scene, mm. you don't bring up all the charities the criminals donated to uh well i don't and 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 some in some movies they, they do in the movie mr brooks uh the serial killer movie starring uh, uh kevin costner and uh, dane cook <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's a whole thing at the beginning about how uh, about how kevin costner is like a real upstanding member of the community and gives a lot of money to charity and stuff oh yeah and then he's also a serial killer called uh, Mr. Brooks. And then he gets into a bunch of uh, shenanigans with uh, Dane Cook. Is it a comedy? Uh, no. Why uh, would anyone cast... Like... I mean, because this is from when Dane Cook was, was blowing up. And they're like, what can't he do? What can he do? I mean, you know, Mr. Brooks was like, uh, like, like 11 years before... His uh, his his starring role in American Gods. Who was he in American Gods? He he, he was the uh, he was the the friend of Shadows uh, who du- who was having the fear of his wife. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, Stan Cook. I he's he's kind of good in that show. Once there was a woman flirting with me, and, and it, it was great. We were getting on quite well, but then a pretty big 
red flag hit, which is that she quoted Dane Cook. <laughs> and I know it sounds ridiculous and picky, but yeah, I only did go on to date her for four years. Oh. So, Sherlock Jr., was this your first Keaton? Uh, yes. Wow. Like, the, the, the only other Keaton I'd seen, really, is, like, gifts of the general. And, and gifts of this, I presume. Yeah. I'd seen a bit where he goes over the bridge on the motorbike. I'd seen a bit where he where he dives into that person's stomach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, and, and, of course, I'd seen the house falling down uh, stunt from Steamboat Bill Jr. Yeah. He and, does love his junior films. Yeah, and, and I've also seen Deadpan, the Steve McQueen uh, experimental short, which is a recreation of, of that. And uh, you've seen his cameo in It's a Mad, 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 no, Mad I've, World. No, I've never seen It's a Mad, you, Mad, Mad, Mad World. You, why, not, why haven't you seen that? That's full of exactly the kind of uh, celebrity cameos <laughs> and commercial capers that, that scream to me, Finn Nicholas, Sion Sono's biggest fan. They're just pens. They're just pens. Leave them. They just they belong on the ground. <laughs> the table is too good for me anyway. Uh, that screams to me for Nicholas will love this film. Yeah, nothing. It was parodied in a good episode of The Simpsons. It no? was. Yeah, I've seen that episode. No, one so, Sam Neill. No, Sam Neill in that. He's the cat burglar. Oh, great. That's, that's one where are two like palm trees which make an X, right? Yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. X marks the spot. Yeah. that kind of all yeah. that. Fucking business. Yeah, the, the the only thing I know about it's a mad, 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 mad world is it's got the bit where the, there's like a plane that's going to crash, and then they say, "Oh, give a fire, give a fire crew ready," and then it cuts over, and it's the Free Stooges, and yeah. then everyone's like, "Yes, they did it! It's the Free Stooges!" And like that sounds like a good gag, but that sounds like a horrifying reveal, though. As I well, mean, yeah, right? that's, like yeah, like all those people are going to die. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's the joke of that gag. <laughs> all of those people are going to die. That is the joke of that <laughs> gag. Um, yeah, you're not wrong. Um, why aren't you in focus, Finn? Yeah. Why aren't you in focus? Uh, oof, I mean, you know. It's a good question. There's a lot of potential answers to. Go. Uh, one is um, uh, there's actually at all times just like a, a thin layer of Vaseline all around my face. <laughs> <laughs> just hanging in the air. Okay. And so what coming into, because Buster Keaton is obviously one of the two dueling greats of the silent comedy era yeah. with, with his friend Chuck Chaplin. And like, it's pretty clear who, when you think of Charlie Chaplin without having seen a Charlie Chaplin film, you think of the tramp. Yeah. What did you, what did you think when you thought of Buster Keaton? Uh, I mean, I, I thought of a sad looking sallow faced man doing the craziest shit in the world with a, a deadpan expression. <laughs> Yeah, hello, which is, my uh, name's Buster Keaton, and welcome to Jackass. Yeah, which is what this yeah, movie yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. Um, Buster Keaton has, uh, is interesting because, like, in many ways, the highs of his films are higher than the heights uh, uh, of Chaplin. Yeah. Like, sh- the sheer stuntery <laughs> of his work is uh, galling. Yeah, and, I mean, uh, like... Kind we- of troubling as a filmmaker i think yeah. i think chaplin is probably like pretty indisputably the the like superior but as, as like a gag machine i think from the little love scene of of keaton i think i think he seems like the guy well i think in that comes the interesting thing that that he he directed sherlock he mm. wanted to co-direct it 
with Fetty Arbuckle, uh, working under a pseudonym, post the terrible thing. So, uh, anyway, um, yeah, uh, the past was terrible. Uh, uh, and, and sorry um, about the past. So that's fixed. <laughs> it's difficult being the only good man, et cetera, et cetera. Um, he directed this. Uh, it was written by other people, but he is not like, like Chaplin was in other people's films for a bit, but then very quickly was only, only wrote and directed himself. Yeah. It was very rare that, that Keaton was the sole writer and director of a work to the point at like that, like that's a, like there was his era when he was Buster Keaton productions, mm. uh, which was in the couple of years leading up to, um, the film we just fucking Sh- watched. Sherlock Jr. Yeah. Um, but then when he started working at, at, at like, but like, yeah, so it, it's less like there's less less of an authorial voice. Like yeah. you can find him a lot more uh, as a hired hand, like working uh, and working as like a director. Mm. Uh, 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 but often with co-directors, often letting other creatives in, which is a good thing, I think. Uh, but it also means that he there is less of a clear authorial style outside of the the stuntery. Yeah. And that makes his work kind of harder to reckon with, I think, in some ways. And and that, like, it it is, like, a general Sherlock Jr., Steamboat Bill Jr. are all great. I have not seen the general, or at least that I remember, but from everything I can tell, that is equally up there. Yeah. But it is interesting how, like, when Sherlock Jr. came out, it was not well received. It was kind of his first bomb. They, uh, the reason it's so short, it's still like a, a, a feature. It's not like, it's not technically a four reeler or mm. whatever. Um, it is because test people were always impressed by the stunts, but didn't laugh. And so he cut it down. His producer tried to get him to add shit and he didn't. Right. Um, and it didn't like the public reception of the film was people generally being like, oh, let me, there are good quotes. Let me find picture play said it was devoid of ingenuity and originality, <laughs> which seems like genuinely the most buck wild thing to yeah. say about this film. Um, Variety wrote it was as funny as a hospital operating room and the new, which, Re- uh, if, if you've seen Mickey and Maud, well, it can get pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the new Republic, said there was too much machinery and stunts. And I think like that's an interesting way to approach this film because I like, obviously it is a masterpiece, at least in my opinion, like it is kind of, uh, it's 45 minutes long. Every five minutes is essentially a little mini short. And each one of those uh, has some of the best gags uh, in a, in a film. Yes. Right. Like, um, or, or technical achievements, uh, in film up until that point and even kind of to now. But I also kind of buy that audiences didn't find it funny and that I don't think the jokes are what makes this film great. I, I think yeah. the jokes are what makes Steamboat Bill Jr. great, especially. But but in the case of this, I kind of think that this is an incredible action film. Yeah. Uh, uh, as a po- with, with, with great gags in it. But like during it, 
I turned to you and I said, like, it's a tragedy we never got to see Buster Keaton John Wick in mm. a film. And like I still kind of believe that. Yeah. Um and, and and as much as it is him doing like, yeah, the gag you said of him jumping through someone's stomach is a thing he'd been doing on vaudeville stages. Like he's bringing oh, okay. his vaudeville stuff into it. But it's always played from such a height of tension and kind of abstractness that it like it's a it's a gag, but it's not a joke. Yeah, like, Do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, like when Chaplin is confronted by people who are trying to hurt him, it never feels like Chaplin's in danger. Yeah, he could be in a fight with a cop, so he could be like going up against 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 robbers. But like he's always going to do something goofy, and 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 everything's going to kind of turn out okay. Whereas in this, it feels like they could beat the shit out of him. I know. Well, there is because there is this constant perpetual set of stakes, and like with this film, there's the specific like. The, the the gag where he's on top of the train and on the water boat yeah. spout and rides it down and then it pushes water on him onto the ground is is when and it's in the film he fell on he, his head hit the metal railing of the railroad and he found out years later broke his neck yeah. um and, and there there's the bit where he is on a motorcycle on the bars of a motorcycle with an old man driving it they crashed that motorcycle yeah like there's, there's a very scene, real like, sense of physical threat yeah there's a scene where they like go over a bump through a puddle and the, the, the gag is like the 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 driver falls off and he's just left sitting on it but yeah it, it, there's like a take that where they, they both fell off and they both fuck themselves up and it, and it and so like there is it, it like it is it is tragic that Keaton's ugh, Keaton's career did not stop it faded mm. uh, until he he was making less and less popular work with less and less popular people until he was making essentially split real half news documentaries half soft core pornography and right, then just yeah, kind yeah. of kind of disappeared. Did Keaton end up being in like sixties beach party movies? Was that well, was that yeah. one of those other guys? Well, he's in he's he is of of the silent film stars. He's the most cameoed. Yeah. Like as we've seen, he's in Sunset Boulevard. Chaplin right, yes. puts him in Limelight. Mm. Chaplin uh, pl- is playing an old vo- vaudeville performer in Limelight, and his old partner is Buster Keaton. Right. Um. And the it's a Madman, Mad Mad World. He's in that as well uh, as we've said. Like. He and he was he was an image, but he he didn't go out, he didn't leave, he faded. Yeah, and, and I think also part of that was attached that he was. I, I think he was very bad at choosing business partners, right? Um, and, and very bad at choosing to stay um faithful to them. E.g., he wanted Fatty Arbuckle to co-direct this film under a pseudonym, yeah. which is just like such like. And but like Fatty Arbuckle gave him his start. Their 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 early films were them together. Yeah. Um. But it so it is, and so it is interesting that we never got like a final statement from him, and it is also in a way slightly tragic. Like it feels crazy he wasn't killed. It mm. genuinely oh, doesn't I, like this. Yeah. The the house falling around him gag from um Steamboat Bill Junior. Mm. Like famously, no one was watching that happen. They set the camera going and left because so many people were sure he was going to die. Yeah, and, and like, but but like that's like that's all like one of the safer gags that he did because that that's just all that that's that's just all like physics and geometry. Yeah, once you've figured out where his mark is, how big the hole is in in the in the window, that that's that's an incredibly safe gag to do. But also, 
uh, yeah. it was a house, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. If anyone can find it, it, it used to be on YouTube. It's not there anymore. But the director, Steve McQueen, one of his early video art pieces is called Deadpan, which is him essentially recreating that stunt. But instead of just being shot front on it, like it's shot from a bunch of different angles and it, it, it intercuts him and replays him and shows in slow motion. And it, it's, it's, it's very good. It's very hard to find. But uh, if, if you can find it, check it out because it's cool. Um, I've not seen it. I, I, I look forward to finding it, though. Uh, love Steve McQueen. Yeah. Love Steve's. Love Mix. Yeah. So, Sherlock Jr., it begins uh, with an intertitle like, no man should attempt two jobs and expect to be good at either. Yeah. But the, our protagonist is a man who is trying to be both. He is a movie theater projectionist who is studying to become a detective. Yeah, and then when, when you saw that, he was like, oh, how's this guy starting to be a detective? Was he going to detective school? And then it opens on a shot of him reading a book that says how to be a detective. Um, you're, you're missing out my fun <laughs> riff about how he would go to detective university and that detective university sounded like a late oh, 80s, right, yes. early 90s Nintendo visual, Japan, untranslated Japanese visual novel. Yes, I, I did forget that great joke. Well, I'm glad you're sorry. And if I, when I listen back to this recording, yeah. if I detect... A single note of insincerity in your voice. Do you know what I'm going to do? What? I'm going to come to your house and I'm going to get everyone else in it mm. to, to leave. <laughs> then I'm going to chain you to your bed. And then, oh, I'm just going to read really hurtful comments. <laughs> I've gotten uh, your friends to say about you. <laughs> like, oh, Finn, he's a dick. <laughs> Oh, that Finn, he he wears glasses, and I hope one day he's near a loud noise so they shatter and blind him. <laughs> Can you believe, can't believe that Jack Ansett said that. What a rude man. <laughs> what a rude, that man. Now, any, any, no, yeah. I was, I'm the one who, I wrote, I, I, okay, plot twist, I said all of those things, and it's okay. I'm oh, gonna, it was like one of those Stuart Lee bits where he makes up with a, with a taxi driver's racist. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, you know what, Yufa? It's that that bit you just did. It's a lot like a Stuart Lee bit. That bit I just did. Yeah, it's a bit like a Stuart Lee bit. Yeah, that bit. That bit that you just did. A lot like a Stuart Lee bit. <sighs> do, do you think Stuart Lee studied the Meisner technique? Because there's, there's a lot of similarities. No. Yes, actually, <laughs> yeah. a lot of what he does. That isn't. And <laughs> welcome to our podcast. <laughs> serious about being funny deadly serious or deadly no fuck oh god um i mean look we, 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 we can get to that when we do all our movies about stand-up comedy oh right yeah uh uh stand up sit down <laughs> or, or or like ha ha funny ha ha or or yeah yeah we're gonna do a series called funny ha ha about the <laughs> joe was it joe no that's not joe swanberg or is that is that andrew bujelski one of those yeah out of the two of us i would know yeah. You're a big mumblecore head. I mean, a mumble that I'm, I speak in a cadence applicable to mumblecore. Uh, um, well, uh, yes. Yes, it was Andrew Brujelski, the director of Results and Support for Girls. Ah. Like him a lot, Andrew Brujelski. So, he's a movie theater projectionist. Yes. He wants to be a detective. He's reading a book on how to be a detective. It's called How to Be a Detective. Yeah. It seems like it's about, well, uh, like seven pages long. Uh, his boss is like, hey, 
don't hey before you clean up a case can you clean up this theater uh and and so he does so um this guy he he's got a crush on a on a on a woman yeah um and is she played by someone famous she's played by Catherine maguire oh, okay who you may also know from her death by cancer in 1978. Oh, yeah, that sounds familiar. Who was in other stuff, but nothing who I've seen or named recognized. Yeah. Um, he, he is currently in the process of courting her. Yeah. Uh, and to do that, he's got, you, you know what he's got to do? Chocolate. He's got to buy her a box of chocolate. Buy some of that chocolatil from the Egyptians. Yeah. And uh, he. Yeah, he he doesn't have enough money, so he's 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 looking through the the, the trash that he's sweeping up. Yeah, uh, to 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 see if someone left money in there. Yeah, he he finds a couple dollars, and then then a woman comes along and says, "Hey, I lost a dollar. Did you find it?" Yeah, and then he says, "Describe it to me," <laughs> and um, she just makes the outline of a of a dollar bill. And and, and oh, it's great. Oh, yeah, it's a good uh, 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 let, let's not. And, and, and then he, another he, guy comes along, yeah. and uh, a, a lot of the trash is really sticky inexplicably. It keeps getting stuck to things. The guy finds a wallet with a bunch of money in it. Anyway, but um, uh, anyway, so so he he's only able to buy a one dollar box of chocolates rather than the three dollar box he wanted. But he's a smart guy. Yeah. He gets out his handy dandy pencil and changes that one to a four. Yeah. So, so it looks like he got the four dollar chocolatil exactly. from the Egyptians. What currency do they use in Lyra's Oxford? Surely not dollars. Probably like God pounds. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm Damon I'm, dollars. Yeah, I'm not sure they ever mention like their like form of currency. They definitely do. I mean not not that I can remember. I mean, surely in like La Belle Sauvage or something. Yeah, but I haven't read that yet. Then what are you for? What a... Ben. Ben. <laughs> ben. <laughs> no, look, I've got I've got a copy of it, but like I'm getting ready. Okay, so I've I've got to re- I've got to finish reading a, a drill official Mister Ten Years <laughs> Anniversary Collection. First. Uh, it's good, check it out. Um, uh, there is he has a love rival, yes. who is referred to as the local shake, right? Yes, which is We've... I think racism, mm. but he's clearly played by a white. Act. I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, it's either like racist. But he's like a scoundrel. I don't yeah, know. It's some like it's some weird 1920s slang that we don't know. Maybe no. I think it is. I think it is saying he's Arabic. Really? Or or it, I don't. But, but okay, yeah. they've, they've done nothing to make him seem Arabic in any way. He does have a mustache. Like the past yeah. was a fucked up place. But but he um oh, he, so he's just he's just dressed like a guy. Yeah, he steals um. The so, girl's father's pocket watch pawns it for $4 so he can buy the $3 chocolates yeah. and give them to... And have a dollar left over. For some dollar chocolates. Yeah. Um, and uh, so they're both at the house giving, being like, hey, we got you chocolates. Let's do some good hand-holding comedy. And, it, and it's great and lightning. Um, but then the father's like, my watch is missing. And Buster Keaton... He's like, I know. I know how to solve this. Opens his book. And the first is like, search everyone. But the the local shake has uh, put it in his, put the re- the porn receipt in his pocket, yeah, and, and so his investigations incriminate himself. Oh. It's twist delicious, yeah. Um, it's basically the plot of like a whole film, but we five minutes or ten minutes in, and so they're like, "I'm sorry, but you have to get the the fuck out of here." Yeah, I, I can't believe you stole my watch and only got four dollars for it. 
and then so he goes back to work and suddenly he's very tired yeah he he falls asleep in her projection booth while a movie called Hearts and Pearl is playing and, and it begins he has this this dream that he steps into the film and then well it begins with him astral projecting and, st- and stepping <laughs> yeah. out of his own body yeah and so there's two Buster Keatons and one is sitting down asleep and the other one is like a is like a semi-translucent ghost who is moving around and not fully able to interact with stuff which uh i wasn't expecting the movie to do that how'd you mean in my mind when, when i think of like things that will happen in a buster keaton movie i don't imagine a whole lot of like out of body experiences and astral projecting i usually think they're going to keep the gags pretty grounded Oh, yeah. Um, you know, he do, he he's he astrally projects some incredible double exposure yeah. uh, um, uh, material. Uh, also, before this, he he's chased the local sheik, and there's a great gag about like always follow your suspect, oh, right. yes. Uh, yes, close yes. behind, and so he's walking a step behind. Oh, it's just great! It's yeah, it's and, incredible. Watch this film. Yeah. Is that when he does the water thing? Yes. Yes. He follows him to like the train station. And then the shape tricks him into getting onto a train car and locks him inside. He, he climbs up out of a train car onto the roof of a train. Uh, and then he is, uh, he is running in one direction along the train cars as the train is driving in the opposite direction. And uh, to get down, he jumps onto the big like water like arm hose that lowers to put more water into the trains. Yeah. Grabs onto it. it. It lowers him down gently until he gets to a certain point where the water turns on and uh, hundreds of like hundreds of liters of water pour out violently all over him it is and knock him onto the ground yeah is is he me looking at dev patel because he is instantly drenched (laughs) (laughs) adult dev patel (laughs) adult patel dev patult yeah dev patult (laughs) yeah yeah it's a it's a it's a french lawn game (laughs) we patult um, yeah, that's almost a good joke, Finn. You're learning, yeah. finally. Yeah, you, you want some more patonk humor? Yep. No, I don't five have any. Five patonk jokes, go. <laughs> We're not continuing until you make five patonk jokes. So, he's in the cinema. Yes. He's having an old dream. What does he dream, Finn? He dreams that he jumps into the into the movie that is being projected, and uh, there are a bunch of incredible gags about him jumping in and out of the screen, and uh, the, the the film cutting around him yeah. while he while he's in it, and it always cuts somewhere he wouldn't want to be. This gag felt so modern. It was so weird seeing this. This feels like something that like the like wet hot American summer people would do. <laughs> yeah, they do this sort of joke. Except they just wouldn't like they w- the amount of effort this yeah, took. Yeah, because obviously they don't have playback they can't line up shots yeah so they had to all do it like him being in the right place in each cut was them using like maths and surveyors equipment yeah and him just remembering like like the the debate between keaton and chaplin always tends to come down to technician versus performer and like keaton is obviously the technician in that like he has such con troll over his body yes. you know like it, it it it's 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 wackadoo um and this like i i have said in the past that kind of the biggest mark a thing that makes me hate the most films that i otherwise like is when they're about the magic of cinema yeah and i this is the exception 
to that right, for yeah. me. Yeah, because when it started being about that, I was like, oh, is, is you ever going to give this one a shake? <laughs> no. And it's because it does, because it is, it's not about like how movies make us feel good mm. or, um, how, uh, yeah, no, it's just a bit of release in a dark world. Yeah. It's, it's about actually what like the what cinema can do that nothing else can, yes. and it's showing that to us in a way that is uh, incredibly pleasurable and and delightful. Like it it it, I think it isn't. No, it's not patting itself on the back. Yeah, it, it it's like check out this shit we can do. You know. Yeah. After there is a couple minutes of this, he's cutting to different places and he's confused to be in all these different places. Yeah. Uh, it, it it sort of goes more fully into into this movie pearls and hearts or whatever. Yeah, and we find out that there is a string of pearls which has been which has been stolen from from a woman. Her father put them in the safe, and when they come back downstairs, the the safe has been busted open, and uh, and there are two guys who have stolen it, and and they call the greatest detective in the world Sherlock Junior, who is Buster King. And, and during this, while meeting all these people. Um, within the film, they uh, they start as actors and then turn into people from his real life. Yeah. Um, so so the, the man who owns the pearls, he turns into the dad of the woman that the projectionist is courting. The woman turns into the other woman. The guy who uh, stole them turns into the sheikh. I mean, he shows up, and then there are a bunch of gags where uh, where the robbers try and kill him in in various ways, uh, uh, like with uh, your standard explosive snooker ball, yeah, um, uh, a very complicated axe trap, <laughs> yeah. which uh, is uh, just great. It's yeah. just hilarious, and you can like. How did they have time to set this up? Because um, you, you, can, you can get why they would have poison or, like, a, a, a grenade disguised as a ball, maybe. Okay, no, all right. So like, I, I like I, that. Like, a bad guy has a grenade. That's, that's understandable. But there's this seat, which... This is not their house. They're, they're intruders in this house. Yeah. There, there, there is a seat with, like, a latch on the back of it where if you sit down on, if you sit down on the seat, it, it, activates, uh, it activates a mechanism... Where on the wall there are two giant halberds, and uh, if you sit down on the seat, one of the halberds will fall down and uh, cave in your skull. Yeah, it sounds pretty standard. To, yeah, to to me, that's I like. Uh, so we 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 we're, we're just supposed to believe this was already part of this house. Ding! So that's one on its cinemasins yeah. list. Yeah, uh, we're taking you down, Buster. <laughs> Buster does not make me feel good. Right. Badam bum. Uh, that, that was pretty good. Yeah. I, I was saving that joke for some time in this podcast, and I thought that was the appropriate time to just really um, emphasize just, how... just, just, just like lose some goodwill. Anyway, so they try and kill him with the axe. It doesn't work. They, they, they challenge him to a game of snooker, and yeah. then there is about four minutes of Buster Keaton just doing some uh, very good uh, snooker tricks. Yeah. <laughs> And like, like it's just uninterrupted trick shots, and it is, and this sequence is kind of the first part where I'm like, this is not, like, it is so impressive, it's so good, yeah. Nothing I'm about to say is denigrating it, but it's not really funny. It's just impressive, yeah. Like, I mean, there's the Peter gag of the two guys running in and out of a room whenever they think he's about to blow up the snooker oh, ball. Oh yeah, but, but but like yeah, like that that's that's the entire gag of that scene. And the one of the guys is oh, trying and, and to it, describe it, to the is trying to like mime to the other like 
what is going yeah. on, um, and, and, which uh, is also pretty good. Yeah, and and there's also the joke of he keeps not hitting this one specific ball. Yeah, but 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 like an increasingly complicated and impressive way. Yeah, but, like holy shit, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> like holy shit. But yeah, this is the point where I was like, is I can understand why audiences didn't find this funny because he's so much better. Like, obviously, like comedy and action are attention related mm. forms. And it seems like he is working so much better modulating this towards thrills rather than laughs. Yes. And that does, it does, it genuinely makes me say we never saw like an action film mm. from him. Um, which is not to say this film isn't a comedy or is a bad comedy. I just think it's kind of, it's better as an action film. Yeah. You know? So he, he finishes this game of pool. Uh, he, he doesn't blow up the ball. I mean, he leaves the house and there's an insider that says he came back the next day having figured out the crime, but still not knowing who did it or where, or where the pools were. Which is maybe the best joke in it. <laughs> and it's an intertitle. Oh man. No, there are so many good jokes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he, he follow he follows the, he follows the shake around. Uh, there, there, there's another scene where, where he like walks in lockstep behind him. Uh, and is this a bit where he like where he hangs off the the arm that lowers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he he like he does the, the the same sort of thing where he follows him into a building and is tripped into going into the wrong place and he's he's locked away. Yeah, right, uh, bro. Yeah, he he he's tripped into going up a ladder onto the roof of a like three or four story building. Uh, the the the, the shaker locks the trap door after him and then goes down and gets in his car and as he's driving away. Uh, goes to sh- goes to Sherlock Junior on top of a building, uh, and uh, th- this building is right next to a train track uh, w- w- with one of those big arms that lowers down. It's just so what you're about to describe is so like it's just so hazardous. Yes, yeah. he he jumps off the he jumps off the building onto onto this onto his arm, which gently lowers down and pops from the back seat of a car as it's driving, and it just oh, like it's great. But like, it, I feel tense. You talking about yeah. it, and, and then oh, like when when I saw the when I saw the arm and I knew what he was going to do, I was like, oh no. <laughs> um, and it is just one of those things that is like, and this begins a sequence that is uh, uh, essentially like a ten minute long string of equally impressive stunts yes like he gets out of the car onto the front of a motorcycle oh no no so he, he gets out of the, that's when he confronts him at the house oh, and then yeah. the motorcycle yes, afterwards yes, yes, yeah of course yeah so the shake drives into his hideout where he shows the pills to to the other bad guys like yeah. hey we we did it lots of check out how evil i am yeah. acting yeah there is like a circular box with like an old woman costume in it mm-hmm. uh, which is just in the back of this guy's car of course the standard the, yeah wig included i believe yes and uh, uh, he he opens it. He looks in it. He sees it's a costume. He uh, he walks over to the house. And he wedges it into one of the windows. Then he waits by the door. Uh, they, they eventually see him and and pull him inside and say, "Hey, we've we've got the girl. She's at another place. Yeah, uh, we're gonna do bad stuff now." And uh, then he uh, uh, he tricks him into looking the other way. And he runs and dives out the window. <laughs> And as he dives, uh, he perfectly like uh, puts the costume on. <laughs> he dives through. He, like yeah. it's yeah. And in one take, we yeah. see him go from inside from inside as himself to outside as the old woman in one unbroken take. Yes. And maybe there's a hidden cut in there. Uh, I, like, but, there, but there, like there sort of has to be. But, I, but like 
I no, I think you. I like. I either there's a hidden cut, or that's all they shot that day, possibly that week. Yeah, yeah. And I think both of those things are feasible. Yeah, yeah. So he 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 dives through a window, through this circular box. He comes out with the comes out with the costume on, and the guys the guys run out of the house looking for him. But oh, there's just some there's just some old woman wrapped in blankets in the street. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's incredible. It's so good. It, it it's what good is. Yeah, it's like yes. this is what film is for. Yeah, and I mean he he walks away and they're, they're all walking off in different directions. One of them eventually figures out it's him and starts chasing him. And then there is a chase through through the back alleys uh, and, and, until uh, he he gets to like a dead end and he sees uh, uh, he, he he sees a man like dressed in rags and carrying a briefcase around him, uh, like an, carrying an open briefcase. With a bunch of ties in it. Yeah, just as as you would, just standard. Yeah, and 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 this guy gestures to him like, oh, "Come over to me." Yeah, and he starts walking back, and uh, all, all, all the all the guys, uh, uh, all, all, all of the bad guys surround him, and so he runs forward and dives into this man's briefcase <laughs> and seemingly through his stomach. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> how? Um, I I mean, like, I feel like if you really paid attention, it would be very obvious how. Yeah, but uh, but also. Uh, actually how yeah, like holy it, it it feels like a magic trick I mean, um yes. and, and, which, and, is, but which like, is what it is which is well no but like in the way of like and as it's happening you're like i'm 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 experiencing the supernatural <laughs> yeah this doesn't seem uh 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 able yeah. like the real world should not be able to contain such an event yes and yeah so he he, he does that and he somehow <laughs> just disappears into into yeah. this guy's stomach it's pretty good. Yeah, I mean that they, they they all uh, like go off in 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 another direction. Uh, he gets out of somewhere and and uh, and he he starts he running. He comes out, but no, because they chase right. him through. He comes out and locks them in. Oh right, right. Yeah, it's it's a bit of standard old like open closed door oh, fast oh, stuff. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, It's a spinning door. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so he um he he is now like running down the street. And they're chasing him, and then a motorcycle police officer uh, uh, comes up alongside him, and Buster Keaton seems to be running at the same speed as this, as his motorcycle. Yeah, and he <laughs> seems to actually be actually doing that, yeah. and it's like fucking yeah. crazy. Yeah, like, there is definitely like some amount of him speeding up the footage and like having the motorcycle be slower, but like it seems like he's running very fast. It is, and like there's loads of back projection. Yeah. I think, but also I, I can't be sure. Yeah. It's too, it's so, oh my God, it's so good. Yeah. It, and it is just, it has the same thrill of as, as, as Tom Cruise actually skydiving. Yeah. And you're just like, I cannot comprehend a, per, <laughs> a human doing this, someone putting themselves through it, no less. Right. Yeah. And so uh, uh, the the police officer is like trying to get him to stop running and pull over, but he like he like reveals his like detective badge, and police officer is like, "Okay, get on the motorbike." And so he jumps up onto the handlebars of a motorbike, and they they, they drive off together. Uh, they they go over a puddle, and uh, the 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 officer falls off, and now he is just uh, sitting alone on the handlebars of this speeding motorcycle, uh, which is uh, somehow he, not falling over, and he doesn't notice for yeah. like. 
a day. <laughs> yeah. He he doesn't seem to notice for seemingly years yeah. as he keeps just going through these incredible near misses. Yeah, he, 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 is, he, is, he is barreling through traffic, weaving out of cars. He is, uh, yeah, v- 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 there is the, the gag that everyone knows from this film where you see him side, you see him side on. He is going along, and you, you see he's coming up to a train track, and the train is speeding towards the, the train is speeding towards him, yeah. and he like puts his hands over his over his ears as he like just misses being hit by the train. And it is just stressful, yeah. like it is a stressful moment of cinema, yeah, and, in and a like, way that I can is not funny but thrilling, yeah. And like know? that gag specifically, everyone kind of knows was done with like rear screen projection, yes, yeah, yeah. But like it still feels so good and so real. Well, and you just don't like even watching it knowing it's rear screen prediction it still gets your heart rate yeah, up yeah in in a way that like so few things rarely do yeah it does it's yeah and then, it's, and then it's just after that there, there's the other gag everyone knows from this film where uh, uh where he's going up to a bridge and there is this massive wide shot of of, of this bridge with a gap in the middle of it yeah but there, 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 there are two trucks which which pull in and, uh, and and like just the right moment that they're in the right place for him to drive over the top of them and continue on to the next half of the bridge. And then, I mean, as he gets to the end of the bridge, uh, there, there is a drop down to the ground, but the bridge collapses and lowers him gently onto the ground. Yeah, obviously. Oh. Uh, 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 he, and, and, and everything is fine and nothing hurts. Yeah. Oh, congrats, this film. Yeah. Congrats, Buster. Good directing. Uh, and uh, then, congrats, the like three or four credited writers, one of whom is Clyde Bruckman, who is involved in a lot of. Um, okay. Or, uh, he, he, his, yeah, his he, he's the guy who directed the general, right? Uh, Co director. Co- yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, and so then, uh, uh, then, like, just after this, he, he finally, he, he turns around to talk to the driver again and notices, oh, he's gone. Yeah, and it is, and then he looks at the camera, <laughs> just being like, oh, fuck. And you're like, yeah, fuck, eh? <laughs> uh, it is. Who? Oh, yeah, and, and very and, stressful. Yeah, and, and this sequence ends with him uh, uh, somehow winding up at, at at the other headquarters of of uh, at, at at the house where 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 the woman is being kept. I think just luck at yeah. this point, I mean, right? Yes. Like, and uh, uh, he 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 crashes into the wall and uh, go. Yeah, the, the 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 motorcycle stops. He he goes flying off the handle uh, through, through the wall. He slides on like a banquet table and kicks the bad guy through another wall. <laughs> it is. Is it my favorite kick in cinema? Maybe. It's a, it's like it's definitely one of the it's definitely one of the top kicks. I I'm trying to think of what the competition even really is. I mean, I, I'm like when when John Claude Van Damme is fighting John Claude Van Damme and their kicks are c- clashing oh, in midair. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, a good replicant. <laughs> um, oh, it feels like there's some really. Oh, I mean, obviously. Um, the the uh the first use of bullet time in the matrix oh yeah um that's oh, a good right, kick yes. uh if, if you watch uh, if, if you watch any of the undisputed movies <laughs> uh there are some incredible kicks it's by the, scott adkins you're right it has been maybe two episodes before you've mentioned <laughs> since you, you last mentioned the the those movies of like 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 of all the things scott adkins is great at <laughs> he is incredible at kicks oh yeah i i that, don't even disagree with you yeah um i'm just saying you've got a type yeah oh, um absolutely and it and it's scott yeah scadkins yeah scad scod scadkins so I, I was i was i was doing i was i was making a list on letterbox the other day and i realized i've watched uh, 16 movies that he's starred in not even including the movies that he's just in like the born ultimatum is that the most oh like maybe tom hanks right oh, or something like that oh no my, my 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 most watched actors are i mean 
but lead. Oh, lead, lead is the thing. Uh, pro- probably, probably Nicolas Cage. Oh right, yeah, yeah. He do, like it, it's interesting. He he makes a lot of films. I wonder mm-hmm. why. Um, it's because castles are expensive. Yes, which is um something I know as a as a a castle owner. Yeah, where's 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 your castle? Oh, your your house, your castle. Yeah, yeah. I don't even own it. I could never, like, genuinely. Yeah. Well, Housing hey, market's fucked. Well, it, it, everyone knows that Louis the Fourteenth was just was just renting Versailles. Was he? No. Oh, okay. No, like, not, 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 no. So he catches the bad guy. Yeah. Gets the pearls back, saves the day, wakes from his dream. The dream sequence ends with the rest of the bad guys come into the house. They climb out the window in, into their car that they've just got out of. Ah, uh, yes, of course. And then they, they, they drive off in the car. Uh, there is a brief chase scene, which ends with uh, them uh, driving, down a, uh, driving down a dock. Uh, and uh, the, 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 their car just like launches into the water. And then they, they, they turn into a boat and sail around in their car for a little bit. I mean, it sinks, and as they are, uh, uh, as they're like uh, drowning and trying to swim, uh, it, it like fades back to him uh, in the projection booth. Um, and it's good. Yeah. And, uh, and a thing we've not talked about is the subplot, which is that we we've been cutting out of this occasionally to get to um the 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 woman in the real world the yeah. girl uh, is like oh i believe he didn't steal the the watch yeah. i'm going to investigate and so so she she takes the ticket to the to the pawnbroker yeah. and says hey can you can you describe a man who 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 uh, 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 who who pawned this watch yeah. and he says oh it's a tall man look, with a, with a i'd mustache. describe him as you know the local sheik yeah there's a tall man with a mustache. Oh, there he is now. And yeah. he's just walking past. <laughs> uh, yeah. And she's like, oh, that guy. And that, it's one of those times where you're like, oh, yes, this film is 45 <laughs> minutes yeah. long. <laughs> it, it does get from A to B. So as he wakes up, she's like, oh, no, no, we caught him. We got him. Don't worry. Everything's fixed. Yeah. Um, uh, he he takes the, yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, yeah. So then they're, they're, they're reunited uh, in, in the projection field. So good, and uh, he still really doesn't know what to do. So he's looking out of a movie, yeah. which is uh, just in its like final, uh, 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 like uh, yeah, yeah, just reaching this, like uh, uh, just reaching the, the the like romantic rom- the romantic climax. And so he's looking out of a projection booth, and the the, the guy in the movie is is taking is taking uh, is taking the woman's hand. So so he takes her hands and. He, he kisses her hands, or he kisses her hands, and he puts a ring on her. So he puts the tiny, hilarious ring that he got at the beginning of the movie on yeah. her. And then, uh, oh, that's right. Uh, that that's when we see he has a um, magnifying glass. Magnifying glass, and my g- brain was genuinely going like exaggeration glass, <laughs> <laughs> which is like technically true, right, Finn? That's what a sane person would think. No, oh Christ! Once again, I've ruined it all with my good thoughts. You're just printing one. Just the button. <laughs> he just printed me a label that says cool. <laughs> no, it says insane. No, nah, it says swine cool. <laughs> Thank you. I'll treasure this. <laughs> oh. So you have treasure? Yum, yum, yum. 
It's in my stomach singing this song. So, and I again, that's another moment of he doesn't know what to do with her. And so he takes his cues from the film that, that I think also does that thing of like, this is about the magic of films without being about how specifically the film you are watching is great. Yeah. Um, and, and I do. Yeah. I love it a lot. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's really great. And it, it, it feels, and like, it is interesting. And then it like ends and then it's like <laughs> over. And then you're like, that's yeah. 45 minutes long, which feels so crazy because there is enough incident in this film for being to be 90 minutes you know uh, yeah you could just add non-stunt scenes <laughs> to it i guess um but it is i mean it's a sound film it's obviously yeah. a sound film it's like a way up there sound film like highly ranked highly rated like it's 45 minutes it's in the public domain yeah like on the a, device you are listening to this on, you will be able to watch yeah. it instantly. A, a surprising amount of, of Letterboxd reviews say that they fell asleep during it, which I just what? don't think is possible. That seems like a medical issue. Yeah. I Yeah, there's a big screening of a narcolepsy foundation. <laughs> oh, that's that's cruel. Well, it's a foundation of, of the, like Yeah. It's a foundation for people who love uh, my favorite Ben Folds Five song. Narcolepsy. Rock in the suburbs. No, that was pretty good. No, no, that's just a Ben Folds song. That's not Ben Folds Five. But that okay, okay. I mean, what the, is the difference? I mean, one has Robert Sledge and uh, Darren whatever his face is. And <laughs> I wouldn't say there was a massively different sensibility between Ben Folds and Ben Folds Five. No, I would, but his music is different after he leaves. After he after he like goes solo, he he's much less interested in jazz after after he goes solo. I mean, that's good. No. No, that's a that's a good stuff. I mean, Why do you like jazz? Because uh, it's uh, well, I, mean, I think mainly because I'm just like a real hip cat. Ah, uh, yeah. Describe to me the most hip of you. <laughs> uh, describe to me the most hip of your cat moments. Uh, he's just put up a thing to stop me because he's busy making a a label for himself that I presume says insane. <laughs> You know, this is not taking much longer than I thought it would. Says hip cat pound one. Number one. That's a pound sign. Sure, but it also means number. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. Where have you ever used it in that context? Uh, oh, Can't oh. think of an example. Caught you out. Once again, your brain... I've revealed... <laughs> doesn't stick no you just peel the yeah i know know. he licked it he's really he did the least hip thing you can do uh, as a and i say this is uh an exp i'm i wouldn't call myself a hip cat but i'm very good at like identifying them and for a while i thought finnegan's wake was (laughs) we've been over this it's finnegan's rainbow (laughs) that's right so finn yes I like this film. Yeah. Do you like this film? I do. I, I think I, I would I would also agree that it is uh, sound. People at the time not liking it feel crazy. Yep. Uh, Keaton never rated it amongst his best, which also seems crazy. But as we can tell, his judgment was impaired. Yeah. Um, 
And I, what I like about that is I can't think of a case of someone disagreeing with that. Mm. I don't think there's, I, uh, not only, it's not that I don't, I choose not to hear alternate opinions. I simply believe they don't exist. I think people hey, like hey, in this film is the definition gonna, of unanimity. I'm going to, I'm going to stop you right there. Cause, uh, I've got some shocking news for you. What Finn? What I, is it? I found a two star review of, uh, of Sherlock Jr. Now, and, and this, this isn't a this isn't a Roger Ebert two star review where it means it's sort of like adequate. This is a letterboxed two star review. Letterboxd, <laughs> the best and worst social media platform yeah. at the same time. How could it betray me? I'm genuinely heart stricken. So, but, but, so I, I've been looking a lot recently into uh, uh, in, into screens uh, well in, 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 into like immersion therapy <laughs> where, 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 you, where you get over your fears by 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 having yeah. to confront yeah, all right all right so right, uh, right. Would, 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 would you like to confront uh, your your uh, your your deep and abiding fear of uh, of negative reviews of sherlock jr i while i uh, like yes that's a good idea i don't i don't want to but just just do it like a band-aid just okay. do it just is, ah, ah. this is by letterboxd user andrew estrella andrew drew i thought we were friends i am so sorry mr buster keaton <laughs> i love you and your stone face in all your films but man this did not do it for me there are keaton films that i deeply love such as our hospitality one week and the general but grr i was genuinely disappointed here i have a legitimate dislike for films that display extended dream sequences <laughs> oh yeah okay then like if you don't yep and three quarters of this film were exactly that it makes me incredibly unsatisfied as an audience member because the film sets up keaton as a movie projectionist who aspires to be a detective however when he fails as, as a detective in real life he decides to take a nap in the theater and imagine what it would be like to be successful as that detective this ultimately makes me feel like the film was pointless i cared about everything up until the dream sequence because it happened in real time but then it just became fantasy in real time Oh, like in the real world. Okay, yeah, I, okay. I guess. Yes, the fantasy sequence was funny and I laughed. But was <laughs> okay. I invested? Nah, no. I definitely prefer the sentimentality of Chaplin. In other words, the laughs and gags were a 10 out of 10 without any doubts. But in terms of a film, I like it to be better incorporated within the narrative. There has been a lot of, of, of general chat recently about like what the point of film is and where the film should be narrative you know or can it can it just be fun and i like obviously the answer to that question is like like no like no fucking shit it 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 films don't have to be narrative like nothing has to be narrative film is a container as opposed to a genre yeah but it is also interesting thinking about like what the pervasive idea that film is only a container for storytelling rather than usually Mm. a container for storytelling does to people. And and it seems to turn them into gibbering idiots. Uh, Yes. I don't trust that person's taste at all. I can understand being annoyed at movies where it turns out, oh, it was a dream all along. But this film doesn't do that. It makes it pretty clear that this is a dream sequence and then the actual story still gets resolved. Yeah. And also just like, just calm down kind of you know yeah. like and like the 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 thing that the dream sequence is about is kind of fully in line with the with the style and tone of the film beforehand 
and it's, it's just it's it's just exaggerating it and and allowing for like uh, allowing for like more and different types of gags. Like, yeah, I, I think there are lots of films you can make you can make that complaint about. This is this is not one of them. I don't think this isn't North and the non psychic narrative, like that, like internal narrative following someone's personal story, is still a plot. Like we're yeah. still learning things about about this guy. You know, it's crazy, silly. What a so, silly opinion. Would Dave. you? You like to try and guess what what Andrew Estrella's top four films are? Yeah, all right, Andy. Okay, I'll, this time I'll forgive you. Okay, uh, number one is a film you've been trying to get me to watch for a while. Is it Children of Men? It is. Uh, yeah, I mean, okay, you got some taste there, bud. Uh, number two is a part of the universe. Uh, Midsummer. Yes. Yeah. Uh, number three is uh, it's it's not a Bong Joon Ho movie. The host? No. Uh, but you, you got the right idea. <laughs> oh, mother! Yes. And number four, it's an early Rosario Dawson picture. Ah, oh, bully or kids? Kids, yeah. Oh Christ! I, okay. I was going to be like, oh, do, does this guy actually have good taste? But then, no. It's bad, and like, yeah, it's shock for shock's sake. Yeah, but it's got Chloe Sevigny in it. She's never made a bad film. Yeah, you've got me there. Oh, well, she was in The Snowman. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, a brilliant film. Yep. Marred only by incompletion. I stand by, like, that film is the worst film that was the closest to good. Yeah, yeah. You know? Like, the finished version of that film would be good. I am H.O. in my horny opinion. That's a good joke. I've done it several times. Uh, do you, I believe so. Do you think it gets better each time I do it? Hey, do you want to talk about Holmes and Watson now? No. No, 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 no. no. Finn. Okay, let's let's break it down. We're both dying. Our lungs are filling with blood because we shot each other because you found out I did that murder that I asked you to investigate. Standard mm. podcast protocol. Yeah. I believe that's how the first episode of My Favorite Murder started. Um. Yeah, and it, it's the whole... Uh, yeah. Okay, so which one of them do you think was the murderer? Um, I think it was my. Which of the two hosts of the show do you think was the murderer? Uh, I mean, of of the two hosts, yeah. both of whom's names I know, hmm. I'm going to go with Karen Kilgariff yeah. and not the other one whose name I definitely know and well, don't need to say. Well, you're right. It's Karen Kilgariff, obviously the murderer. Yeah, yeah. And not the not the other one who needs no introduction or, or naming. I believe it's Georgia Hardstark. Um. I yeah, Finn yeah. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Okay, Finn. I have to tell you, as I lie here dying, yeah. spending my last moments with both uh, my convictor and my killer, um, who I have 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 killed. Uh, nothing. I and knowing I'm, you know, I'm actually feeling pretty good. I, I think I think I might pull through. No, no, bang! <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't I have a gun from you? <laughs> Because we were bonding. Um, <laughs> I have to tell you that nothing felt like, I, and, and I know I will pass. I know I will die. Uh, and and uh, I know that beyond that, there is nothing. I will simply stop my thoughts, spent electricity going out into to meaninglessness. Yeah. Uh, and, and that eventually people will forget me. And then that will be the greatest death. And no matter how great a work I could make on any kind of front, eventually we will kill the planet or the planet will kill us and it will all be for naught. And my best half life 
is is having good life within the moment and i find that abjectly terrifying <laughs> and, and so the, i'm i'm sort of fine with it <laughs> i fear more than i fear that i fear discussing Holmes and watson a film we spent the last nine, 90 of the last minutes of our lives <laughs> watching um yeah, it, was, it was a it was a real mistake it, <laughs> now it was uh it was my fault <laughs> I was the one who suggested it, and uh, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, you know what? I forgive Bang! Oh, no! Yeah. Surprising how often we can shoot each other without dying yeah. in this scenario. But I think, but the good thing is, uh, that was a revolver, and you've shot me six times now. Oh, yeah? So I'm, I'm safe. Yeah, lucky I've got this. Bang! Oh, uh, a blunderbuss. <laughs> I could never have seen it coming. <laughs> yeah, I had it disguised as a cane. So, uh, Holmes and Watson is a 2018 American mystery comedy film by Ethan Cohen, uh, the writer and director of such great films. He wrote Tropic Thunder, Madagascar, Escape to Africa, Men in mm. Black 3. He directed Get Hard. Uh, every, everyone loves it. And, and uh, of course, uh, he co-wrote Idiocracy. Yep. Oh, wow. A movie that's held up perfectly. And he, and, and the thing to know about this film, it, it stars uh, William Ferrell, yep. who I've enjoyed in some things, yep. not at this point, not the majority of things I've seen him no, in, um, but at certain points in his career, he's been a tremendous comic talent. And and and, and John C. Riley, who I have so much fucking yes, affection for, who is both a fantastic comedic actor and a genuinely brilliant dramatic actor, and just and just seems nice and yeah, cool. And also, like in this cast, I'll just chuck some names at you, and I want you to give me shite or sound okay, on these yeah. names. Billy Zane. Uh, oh, like, I've okay. Here's the thing: I've only ever seen Billy Zane in like in Orlando and Twin Peaks, both of which are things I love so much. Yeah. But I think Billy Zane is sound. He, like, no, that was not supposed to be a yeah, trick yeah. question. He's sound. Bella Ramsey. Uh, yeah, sound. Sound. Hugh Laurie. Sound. Sound as hell. Yeah. Pam Ferris. Is she the one who's playing the Queen? Yeah. No. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Children of Men. Prisoner of Azkaban. Uh yeah yeah she she she's she's great the Avengers not that one <laughs> Lauren Lapkus sound yeah love Lauren Lapkus Steve Coogan Steve Coogan one of one of the defining comedic voices of the past thirty years yeah yeah sound Kelly McDonald sound Rob Brydon sound as hell Ra- Rafe Fiennes sound Rebecca Hall sound this is an all star lineup yeah and like if everyone in this. I was going to say everyone in this is good, but that sounds like I'm saying they're good in the movie, which they're not. No, everyone no, no. in this, outside of this movie, is good. And we you, we... you have both of the stars of Stan and Ollie in this. Oh, shit, yeah. Yeah, that's, it's okay. Yeah. Um, and, and... I mean, it's two really good performances from, from Riley and Coogan. Yeah, they're like... Uh, uh, great com- comedy drama actors. Mm. And time is ripe well in 2018 especially that there's always a glut of sherlock holmes adaptation sherlock holmes has been routinely adapted for the screens both large and small since publication 
it's re- like I would not be surprised if there wasn't a year of filmmaking where there wasn't a Sherlock Holmes or a Sherlock Holmes adjacent film. Yeah, and, and obviously there are many, and it's like to the point where there are many different canon Sherlock Holmeses that battle. It's yeah. not like when. When Robert Downey Jr. came along, he deleted Benedict Cumberbatch. And it's not like when well, Benedict... Well, it was way around. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. But it's not like when Robert Downey Jr. came along, he deleted Sherlock Gnomes. Yeah. And, or, or it's, Sher- not like we, it's not like when, when Henry Cavill came around. Yeah. And, yeah. and, but, and there's also, like, many... Um, like, the TV... Come on. I'm, yeah. I just cannot remember the names. One second. Where are you? Post-colonial criticism. The Great Game, Popular Cultural References, Homes 2, Computer si- One Second. But like... Jeremy Brent? Who are you thinking? Yes, Jeremy yeah. Brent, Roger Rees uh, on the radio. That's a yeah. very formative one. Peter Cushing played him a bunch of times. I mean, in the Lupin the Third manga and anime, there's also the character of Herlock Holmes. Yeah, of course. Um, who could that ever be? Uh, Rupert Everett once. Oh, yeah, Rupert Everett. Um, oh, I, 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 I knew there was a Rupert. I was like, I kept, I kept thinking Grint. I mean, kind of, but also, yeah, not, not, not a hundred. But there's also what is the TV guy? Come on, am I losing? Oh, and 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 you talking about Johnny Lee Miller? No, like well, like Johnny Lee Miller. Which TV version is are you talking well, about? There are so many. Yeah, I'm just looking. Edward Woodward was once. Oh, nice. Um, like idiots. Matt Frewer in Canada. <laughs> oh, Ma- uh, Matt Fraction. <laughs> he's not Canadian. Um, uh, uh Robert Webb. Oh, okay, in in sketches. Right. Yeah. Um. Jeremy Brett, yes. Yeah. Um, which you already said. Yes. Um, uh, uh, but like, anyway, uh, this is he- going to be heavily cut down. And there is a lot of, of Sherlock Holmes that is canonized in a way that feels ripe for parody. Yeah. Like, I think there is a very good Sherlock Holmes comedy film, possibly called Holmes and Watson. Yeah. And, and I think it exists. And like, it could possibly star Will Ferrell and John C. Riley. It could yeah. certainly have John C. Riley as Watson, mm. who is the thing in this film that is the closest to, but distinctly not a good performance, I would say. Yeah. Um, and there are so many people in this movie who could do a really good comedy Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. You get Coogan to do it. Oh, it, you could get Hugh Laurie to do it. I mean, Hugh Laurie has already done it though, because that's what House is. I mean, but that's that's not a comedy though. I mean, I'm laughing. I just love when people say lupus. Yeah, and I love it when things are not things. Yeah, so it's full of the perfect jokes for me. Uh, yeah, I mean, e- e- even Rob Brydon, I think, could could do like a good, funny Sherlock Holmes. It feels like a trip spin-off as Coogan and yeah, Ryden yes, as, yes. As, as Holmes and Watson. Um, but like this has everything. He, 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 even even like Ray Fiennes could could do a could do a funny Sherlock Holmes. Like if, if he brings something about like in Bruges energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or like would have to us as simple. Oh no, I want I want him to be Lestrade yeah. to like Coogan and John C. Riley 
fighting Rob Brydon as Moriarty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, uh, but like, there are so many. Or, or no, like Kelly McDonald uh, plays Mrs. Hudson, who's revealed to be Moriarty's daughter, and is the villain. And I think that's an interesting idea. Mm-hmm. She's so annoyed by their behaviour, she's turned against them. Yeah. Um. And, and like everything about this film. This film has it set up so well. The foundation, the like conceptual foundations of this film, even the casting are so right. Yeah. And that the fact that it, it, it goes like beyond less than unfunny to me in that I genuinely believe the experience of watching this film is a bit like uh, having a breakdown <laughs> in that logic seems to be present, but it isn't. Mm. Um, Will Ferrell is, I think, dubbed throughout the film yeah so his voice is always floating slightly outside his mouth doing a slightly doing a doing an, a comedy accent all the same a lot of the jokes quote unquote are the same joke over and over again which is like what is the modern version of x so yeah. instead of drunk texting someone they drunk telegraph someone yeah. or they take a selfie yeah, with, with, with a with one of those like giant old cameras that you put the plates in and, and it just and it's the same joke over and over again yeah. in the way that things happen over and over again when you're feverish or dreams or you keep yeah. forgetting something. Well, and the, the, the like other joke, like it's either like, what if they talked about a modern thing in an old-timey way? Or it's, what if we just let Will Ferrell and John C. Reilly just 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 like improv about bullshit for a few yeah. minutes? Holmes' first line is that he's working on a big melon or something. He's grown a big cucumber i think and he's like oh look at you you big green bitch and you're just like oh that's just will ferrell and his like do 20 takes and say slightly funny things yeah which works when you're in a kind of mumblecore adjacent scenario you know where everything can be kind of uh loose and strange but at the same time as trying to do anyway and it just like I, 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 in in that in that first scene where, where you see how Holmes and Watson met, where where Watson's down and is like he's trying to kill himself by jumping off a roof, and he's going to jump into Will, he's going to jump into Holmes's vegetable garden. There was like some stuff I I found like I found kind of funny in that scene, j- just because like I think the, I think the way John C, I think the way John C. Riley reacts to things is really funny. Yeah. And even though it's a very cheap gag, just the thing of like Will Ferrell sh- like shouting up like "No, don't jump!" and John C. Reilly thinking, "Oh, he's trying to save me," and then Will Ferrell shouting like "Just let me shoot you!" Like I'll put, I'll let me get my gun and I'll fire some bullets into your heart. And he's like making like a heart shape, and I mean John C. Reilly just like hears the word heart and sees him doing the heart thing, and he's like, "Oh, he really cares about me." Like that's. That's at least conceptually funny. I, yeah. I, well, and, and and part of what makes this film genuinely feel like a fever to me is that it is stacked to the brim with things that are shaped and delivered like jokes. Yeah. And yet I find them all so, and, and like in a way that like, that's kind of adjacent to, but the uncharming version of like when a child is telling a joke and that either they're going to do something, say something so random that, <laughs> That it's like well, well of course yeah <laughs> like sure there's no logic in that whatsoever that's just a sequence of noises or it's so obvious from the beginning so it is like you know a mosquito um mariati is trying to kill them with a mosquito and, and so they're swinging a bat to kill it and then the mosquito lands on a high uh, 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 encased a, hive of 
killer bees. Yeah. And, and you're like, well, he's going to smash it, isn't he? And then he does like, they do like 10 minutes of build up and he smashes yeah. it. He, and you're he, just like. He, he does for like Robert Downey Jr., like Sherlock Holmes thing of like guns into his mind. He's calculating all the stuff and he's narrating the calculations. And then he's talking about how, like, oh, if I do it just like this, it'll kill the mosquito but not hurt the thing. And he does it and they're like, oh, it looks like he did it. But then they hear the case cracking. And then they're fighting bees for a while. Well, and it, it is, and they're all like, "Oh, it's bees, it's bees." And you're like, "Yes, this is like jokes, but it is not. It, it's like how, um, uh, uh, not last night, but the night before, I had a dream that I was in an airport trying to get to another country, but I didn't have a ticket. And the process of getting a ticket became started off very Kafka esque, and then ended up with me having to like fight through lines of people begging the people behind the ticket desk as they were like whipping me with chains and I was in like a dungeon but like in my brain that was still a a a an airport you know because I was in a dream so like that's kind of like what this is with jokes it is like yeah conceptually this all hangs together as being jokes in a film but also like what was happening on set where they were looking at this stuff? They, they were they were laughing it up. Well, and they were like, let's do this scene where we think we've killed the queen, and um, so we... Uh, we try and hide a body in yeah, various places. But, but we weekend of- with Bernie's with her corpse, yeah. and it just does end up as the sequence of um, one of the greatest comic actors... Uh, ever and and, and Will, Will Ferrell, Ferrell who like no but like yeah I don't think it's controvert like I don't think it's even a take to be like out of the two John C Reilly is better yeah um and, and but that's also like when Will Ferrell hits he fucking hits yeah. um and, and that's why the great tragedy of him uh, for him is that Adam McKay is off making serious films now because mm. uh, if you serious film yeah um like like films want to be taken seriously yeah yeah i we demand to be taken seriously to quote arrested development Mm. my favorite three season long show that was also going to be the name of an article that i was attempting to write about about adam mckay and and those and like the farrelly brothers and uh and todd phillips um oh and and jay roach and jay roach yeah 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 Yeah, i was going to write an article about about all of those guys called we demand to be taken seriously um and it is. It was going to be really good, but I never got the motivation to actually write it. Yeah, um, because you both need and fear deadlines. Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, no, I, I know, and yeah. that's why I want you to back yourself more and, and turn your inner critic off. Who am I talking to myself anyway? And it is like, well, that, I'll, I'll just wait till one of them releases another movie and it's relevant again. No, do it now. No. You'll never do it. You're putting, you're pushing it away, just like you push people away because you <laughs> fear that if people true to Growly know you, they will true, true to Growly know me. Yeah, yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, you don't. You try and deflect this moment. I'm trying it again because <laughs> it makes you so uncomfortable. I know. Yeah, I'm sorry. You know I mean it, and you know I say it out of yeah. love, but I just uh, again aligned. <laughs> <laughs> Any. Who, but like, there's a scene where like, oh, see, in America, we don't have a queen, we have a president, and that's dis- and he's elected by all the people, and so we'll we'll never have we'll, we'll never have some sort of tyrannical fool running some us, trumped up charlatan, horribly corrupted, and you're like, yeah, cool, I get it, and it gets to the point where it's like, oh. The, the end is set on the Titanic and you're like, oh, what is the Titanic reference they're going to make be? And then it's like, it's literally 
of Will Ferrell going, oh, look, it's Billy Zane, and Billy Zane is there, and yeah. you're like, that, like that's like a joke. I don't know, now, now that I'm thinking about it, that's pretty funny. No, it's, <laughs> it's like, not, it's, though. It's so weird, and it's so lazy, but it's kind of a good joke. I, 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 I saw this film in cinemas yeah. for $5, $5 Wednesday. Yeah. Um, and I, I think I purposely missed that screening. Uh, I believe I saw you after. Like I, I, I think I, I saw you outside the academy after you'd seen it, and you just looked defeated. I just, it's because it is so. Because I, uh, I put a lot of stake in my personal ability to make other people laugh. Yeah, uh, and, and the idea that p- people being able to make other people laugh is a real skill, and seeing this amount of talent be wasted so abjectly and so pointlessly and so like the key thing is that it feels lazy the reason it's so repetitious and so pointless and so empty is that no work it feels like has been done at any point except redubbing every single one of his lines and like everyone i don't know in like getting sherlock Holmes style costumes and stuff yeah but it and it is it just makes me go like what like why bother if this is how what having any kind of experience or or agency within the industry ends up as yeah. being? And I I genuinely find it quite dispiriting. That said, I came like the second time. Uh, uh, I was like knowing it was on the list. I was like secretly, is there a way I can come away from this being like, no, it's incredible anti comedy. It's borderline surrealism. Like uh, it, yeah. it's not about it. It's like yes, the whole point is that none of the jokes are good because it's about like what would a joke sound like to someone who doesn't speak the english language <laughs> yeah and it turns out uh, uh it's 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 not that it's infuriating <laughs> and insulting to 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 me that this was released for audiences yeah. um uh, that people were asked to pay for it and that it it, it just made its money back yeah. uh, just the, the 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 like the 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 most i enjoyed anything in the movie is there is a scene where he goes to where Sherlock Holmes goes to see his brother Mycroft, and Mycroft was played by Hugh Laurie. And yep. then I, then I just have a thought, like, oh, Hugh Laurie and Stephen Fry have both played Mycroft Holmes in different yep. movies. Isn't that nice? Well, and like you get your one scene uh, uh, of Steve Coogan, you get your one scene uh, of Hugh Laurie, you get your 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 occasional spatters uh, of. Ralph, Rafe Fiennes, and, and and Bryden, and Bryden, and 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 McDonald, mm. and they because they're people essentially doing pop-ins. None of them worked more than like three days. Yeah, and you're just being like, oh, it's just nice to hang out with them. And like Rebecca Hall and Lauren Lapkus uh, play like the the distaff con- counterparts as two like comedy weirdos, and like they ha- they are given the worst job. And, and, and are given roles that are so kind of vacuous and pointless that it, it does kind of def- yeah. like you can't. There, 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 there's, there's also you can't one, do a good job with yeah. the stuff they give. There's also one Lauren Lapkus joke that I liked, which is uh, when they're going to the Titanic. There's a bunch of people guarding it, so Lauren Lapkus and Rebecca Hall both come out with guns and and a bunch of children fight off a guard so that they can get onto the ship. Mm-hmm. And uh, then the uh, Sherlock Holmes and John Watson they they, they save the day. Everything's fine. And now Rebecca Hall and Lauren Lapkus are leaving. They're getting on the Titanic to to go to America. And Rebecca Hall blows a kiss to John C. Riley. He catches it, and 
he, he looks all very happy. Then Will Ferrell blows to Lauren Lapkus, and she's still holding a shotgun. She just cocks it at him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, that is conceptual. Like you describing that is funny. Yes, <laughs> this film was was fir- was first announced in two thousand and eight with a script by Cohen. So possibly there was a draft existing, and it was announced that it was going to be Sasha Baron Cohen as Holmes and. Feral as Watson. Okay. And like Sasha Baron Cohen as Holmes is interesting. Yeah. But also like I want to see Sasha Baron Cohen as like act- like serious Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. Like that's an interesting pitch to me. And, and I think I think Feral would also be funny if he didn't if he wasn't like the one in charge of a fucking movie. I uh, I no, he needs okay. My first impulse of what I was about to say sounds like I'm a serial killer. But like he needs to be he, humbled. He, <laughs> like he, he just needs to go and just, uh, just put, put put his hands inside some people's organs and just I don't know, give give a kidney a good squeeze. Yeah, that, that always calms me down. That always centers me. What what comedy just, is to I just me? take a bite out of an appendix? Feeling a life in your hands and then feeling it drip away is the only is the true path to comedic greatness, in my opinion. No. Is that he needs to, he's so great at high status buffoons, Mm. but that's become him so deep. Like part of the success of Eurovision is him playing low status again. Yeah. I mean, and and the other part of the success of Eurovision is that uh, it it turns out like elves are real at the end of a movie. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it it just, there's some pretty good stuff in Eurovision. It's just, yeah, Yeah. I cannot, and it, it is not, this is, I know I have a lot of vitriol for this film and a lot of that comes from how unworthy of vitriol it is. Mm. Like this goes beyond like, Oh, it's so bad. It's good. Or even it's like, it's so bad. It's good that it's bad. Or even again, it is just like, this is so, this is such, this is, we're deep at the bottom of the drain Mm. and it, it, it makes me feel crazy that this was allowed and that there were people on set that were like, no, these are good jokes. We don't need to do alternate takes of these or that there are, there were jokes that are worse that these are the alternate takes yeah. of. Yeah. I think, I think that's, I think that's going to be what it was like. These, these are the best jokes they did. But that can't, that can't, that genuinely mm. cannot be true. Okay. The- okay. Okay. Here, here's, here's, here's my pitch for the only way that that could be not true. Yeah. Which is in if in every other scene, John C. Riley was so funny that everyone laughed so hard that the cameras went out of focus. Okay, you've got it. That makes sense. But I, I, the thing is, is like, yeah, shite is what I'm saying. Yes, but, shite. But I, but I don't want to be like, oh, it's so bad. You have to check it out. It's like, no, no, no. It is absolutely the opposite of that. It's so bad. You should pay it no mind. Yeah. And I just think that the people involved. Should knowing that forty two million US dollars went towards this, should feel genuinely ashamed. And like this is what capitalism does to media. And it it's is that it takes things that could be de- good and then through a production line of competing fiscal interests transforms it into um like beyond bad, just numb making yep. emptiness. But you know, now now it's all going to be okay because Amazon owns MGM and they've committed to to reimagining all all of MGM's IP for the twenty first century. No, 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 Finn, wait, sorry, shit, shit, shit. Um, we're wrong. I just 
I just found a five star review <laughs> of this film on Letterboxd, oh. and it addresses. Oh, it addresses all of our problems. Oh, oh wow! F- wow, you know, I'm 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 ready to I'm ready to have my mind changed. Yeah, well, no, it's by Future Sailor, who oh, of, course well, of course is the has the only impeccable taste in cinema. Yeah, oh, sorry. It reads thusly. I'm am confused with all the haters of this film. I really enjoyed it, which is no surprise, really. It has the beautiful comedy partnership of Farrell and Riley. That's factually accurate. Yes. I think Riley is one of the greats of comedy acting. Ding. Yep. He is one of those comedians where I find myself grinning a lot. He communicates a lot of humor through his eyes and he has the comedy chops to detonate comedy bombs in my belly, which generate laughs out loud, out loud. The sign of a true craftsman. This film is not a five banger. Oh, no one's saying that. <laughs> but I felt compelled to lay a full house on the table for this one, just to show support for my man, John C. Riley's, as he was very funny in this film. I mean, I, 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 I appreciate and understand this man's love for, this, this person's love for John C. Riley. But, yeah, he, I mean, he's, he's also not very good in the film. Yeah, okay. And the interesting thing is Future Sailor only has a top three oh. uh, uh, on Letterboxd, keeping it tight. Um, one, it's not a fairy tale. Uh, not a fairy tale, is it? But it, it starts like one. Starts like once, sorry. Right. Yeah. Uh, is it once? Is it once upon a time? In uh, the West. Ding! Yeah. Okay, the next one. Oh, Sharp. Uh, is it Sharp's Rifles? No. Uh, Sharp's Eagle? No. Uh, Sharp's Company? No. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you'd need some pretty special trainers. Uh, yeah, it's a Blade Runner. <laughs> yeah. And the next one is... Uh, how to give you a clue for this one that doesn't give it away. It's a sequel. Uh, it's a pretty long-term sequel. It's 30, 40 years after the original. Um, uh, it like uh, Critics loved it more than audiences. Is it Blade Runner 2049? Yeah. 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 Uh, like, absolutely watch Sherlock Jr. and never watch Holmes and Watson. Yeah. And, like, genuinely... Watch, watch, any other, uh, watch any other Sherlock movie. And I want to point out... Watch that The Abominable Bride or whatever. Of, of the five... Of the five... Of the five-star reviews on Letterboxd to find one, um, almost all of the five stars are people trolling. Yeah. Or people being like, it's not really that good, but I like this element of it. And I just, I just, I guess I want to flag, and this is the whole thing, is that the A, this film is genuinely like a, 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 a break from reality and not in a, a charming way. And also, like, if you meet met someone and this is their favorite film, or they even own it, that that's like a red flag. Like yeah. that's, and maybe they need like professional psychiatric help. I I'd recommend uh, challenge them, challenging them to a duel. Oh yeah, like in Basilaza. Yeah, and then you just shoot them up. Yeah, like like in shoot 'em up. But Finn, as with, we. Uh, with Clive Owen. Oh, yeah. As we lay dying. And uh, Monica Bellucci. Thank you. And uh, Paul Giamatti. Yeah. 
So Finn, as we lay here dying with but minutes left, yep. I there's one last mystery I have to solve. Yeah, what, what's that? Finn. <coughs> <coughs> blood, blood, blood. Where can people find you online? Well, this might be the last thing I ever say, but uh, who cares? <laughs> uh, you can find the show on Twitter at ShiteSoundPod. Or you can email us at shitesoundpod at gmail.com. Why don't you check out our website? It is at shiteandsound.com. Thanks, you for bot. <laughs> Thank you. If you would like to follow my master, you 13 on social media, follow him as as at youthalives on Twitter, Instagram. He has a Facebook fan page, but if you're still on Facebook, uh, take a long, hard look at your life. Uh, if you want <laughs> if you want uh, this is to, just Eastern European now. <laughs> if you want uh, to, yeah, God damn you! Okay, no, go away, Euthabot. Why must you punish me? Sign up for my newsletter. It's called the Dean's List. Sign up at bit.ly/slash Lives. Our theme song. It's called the Nux by Kazam Blam. Check him out on Bandcamp. Uh, what are we watching next week, Finn? Okay, next week. Uh, we are watching the final film noir movie, Touch of Evil, by Orson Welles. I mean, it's good. I love it a lot. It's got Orson Welles. I'm very excited to revisit it. Uh, and with that, we are doing another Orson Welles film. Uh, this is a featuring, rather than a directed, the first James Bond film, the uh, 1960s uh, Casino Royale. But it's not even the first Casino Royale. Oh, it was for like... American yeah, TV. Yeah, yeah. yes, yes. The first theatrical James Bond film. No, no. no? Doctor No came out in 1961. This is Did 1967. It? Oh, fuck. Why do you think they made Casino Royale oh, as sorry. a parody of Bond so films? I, 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 I always get confused about like the, the made-for-TV Casino Royale being the first James Bond film. Which is then... in 1950. Right, yeah. right, right. Okay. This, this is the first theatrical version of Casino You're Royale. You're Bond wrong. Yeah. Take... I mean, I consider... TV a theater. Really, when you think about it, isn't all the world a stage? Keep going. And what are all the men and women? Uh, fuckos. <laughs> hey! Yeah? If you like the show, I know you do, Finn. Yeah. Because uh, we're, we're still here. <laughs> uh, uh, why not tell a friend or, or um, uh, leave us a review on your podcatcher? Uh, of choice that'd be great yeah hey movies are good except Holmes and Watson <laughs> go, go watch them She's played by Catherine Maguire. Oh, okay.
who you may also know from her death by cancer in 1978. Oh, yeah, that sounds familiar. The same year that Give Him Enough Rope, the second Clash album, came out. The same year that Inflammable Material, the first Stiff Little Fingers album, came out. The same year, get this, the same year that X-Ray Specs released Germ-Free Adolescence, one of the one of the great albums of all time. What? Yeah, exactly. Okay. What? Okay. She she was in the, other stuff. The, the year after David Bowie released uh, both uh, Low and Heroes. The year after... Please, its name is... Heroes. Heroes. The year after Iggy Pop released both The Idiot and Lust for Life? What a year. I mean, I could do more. Okay, sure. Uh, It's the year after Meatloaf released Bad Out of Hell. It's the year after Peter Weir released The Last Wave. Uh, (laughs) It's the year after The Sex Pistols released uh, uh, Nevermind the Bollocks, Here's the Sex Pistols. The year after... The Damned released their first two albums, Damned, 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 and Music for Pleasure. It's the year after Cheap Trick released their first two albums, Cheap Trick and uh, In Color. It's the second Cheap Trick album, which, which they later re-recorded uh, in, in the late 90s with Steve Albini, because they, 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 they never liked the production on, on, on the original version of In Color. So they, they did, a, did a whole retake with Steve Albini, which they like, re-recorded the entire album, but it was never properly mastered or released. But like the unmastered files are floating around on the internet. If you're a cheap trick fan, I highly recommend seeking them out. They're great. You get to hear like a weird sort of like a country lounge version of "I Want You to Want Me" with Steve Albini doing a clarinet solo. It's like it's it's interesting stuff. It's a lot, there's a lot of there's a lot of good stuff in there. Uh, it's a year. It's a year after uh, Louis Ospina and Carlos Mayolo uh, released the Vampires of Poverty. You wanna you wanna go now? <laughs> 